two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. So, Kate, how goes the wedding necessities? <sighs> how goes how goes your lawn? That your green, your green uh, verdant, uh, emerald. Yeah. Well, with the, with the thick, thick grass where you will is be. Is it wed. opposite day? Because you're what? saying the exact hmm? opposite. Was it? Yeah. That can't be right because I know, like a month ago, you had a thick, thick green lawn, and that wouldn't well, have just no, disappeared I, overnight. I had like thick in some spots yeah. and then like burnt and gone in other spots well, that's true that's true and so yeah. we hired a lawn company to come over to fix it because right. we're getting married in the backyard sure. wanted to have like a nice lawn makes sense they apparently removed everything all the grass and all the grass every single and, uh, blade uh no not in the back area they oh. they kept that and decided to have their machine uh tear up some of it uh, and then their machine broke and then they just kind of left this crop circle (laughs) so um, i hear crop circles are very lucky before a wedding yeah said no one ever i'm pretty sure the crop circle association told me that yeah 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 Mm -hmm. so um other than starting from scratch and praying it doesn't rain on the actual day Mm. uh you know it's going great yay (laughs) Uh, huzzah, uh, says I. That's all right. It, you just showed it to me, and it looks like it's coming back already. So. We'll see. We got a few weeks more to go. We got a couple weeks. We got a little, little time. A little time going there. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Uh-huh. And uh, and until that happens, uh, uh, who, who are you? Um, Kate, the stressed out bride. And I'm Betsy, the right, not thanks. stressed out <laughs> matron of honor, I guess. Uh, and this is Fuse 8 and Kate, uh, wherein we read picture books that have, well, once in a while they have something to do with weddings, but not that often I suppose i could no. find you a, a classic i do remember book. there was in some book with animals there was like yeah it's usually animals yeah they were getting married and then there was like a bunch of different animals as guests i don't remember what book oh was- it was a kiss for little bear and it was when the the chicken the chickens got married i don't know that really should know this just go listen back to that episode okay folks that's all you have to do because in each episode we determine if something is a classic or if it's so forgettable that we can't remember what kind of wedding was in a kiss for a little bear pretty sure it was no skunks it was skunks it was totally skunks skunks got married skunks i was confused because a chicken plays an uh, like an ultimately it's a guy important confused part skunks and chickens all the time all so. the time but they both stink so it's really not that crazy when you think about it uh but so you gave me a challenge um like two or three weeks ago to do a celebrity picture book again which is tricky uh, because a lot of the celebrity picture books that are out there are not 20 years old um there's some really really old ones but the only way you would think they were celebrity picture books is if you thought that the dad on the monsters was a celebrity and then there's the ones that are relatively recent so I did find one. It is technically, technically 19 years old. I decided to go with it. And I will tell you who I wanted to do, and I couldn't because that book was too recent. Uh, I wanted to do one from Madonna. 
because she did like a whole slew of them. And I was ready to English Roses the heck out of this podcast. But in fact, English Roses is not old enough. But today's kind of almost is. <laughs> so I'm just going to pull this one out. Okay. The sissy duckling. By Harvey Firestein. That's right. Illustrated by Henry Cole. Henry Cole. Good old Henry Cole. Henry Cole, who apparently. Um, also did the art for Entango Makes Three about the gay penguins. So, yeah. So you've, you've never heard of this book, I take it? No. I, I can't imagine why Just not. remembering, I, I saw Harvey Firestein on uh, Broadway for the first time. It was uh, Fiddler on the Roof. I saw him in Fiddler on the Roof as well. Yeah. Yes. You were sitting right next to me. <laughs> oh, did we go together? Yep. That was my uh, 21st <sighs> birthday gift. Yeah. Did I give that to you? You did. Wow, I'm a sweetheart. <laughs> Good for me. Okay. Well, All on right. that note, this sweetheart of a sister is going to hand you this book. Right. Go and read it. While Kate does her read, let's get a little background information on the sissy duckling. I was really tempted to do a Harvey Fierstein uh, imitation for this next part. I will spare every last one of you because it, it don't sound so good. It sounds like I have a frog in my throat and the frog is doing a terrible imitation of Harvey Fierstein. So basically, here's the deal with this book, right? It was not a book first. Weird as this may sound, this was a TV special and then was turned into a book uh, a couple years later. So that's a funny story. And he was interviewed by Publishers Weekly about the book. And I I actually thought he had some fairly insightful things to say about it. So he basically said, there was a wonderful series on HBO called Happily Ever After. They would take European fairy tales and rewrite them ethnocentrically. And they approached me about writing a Jewish one. I said, there actually are Jewish fairy tales. But have you ever thought of doing a gay one? So I wrote The Sissy Duckling as a 45-minute TV special. Afterward, I gave the script to my agent, and Simon and & Schuster snapped it up. And then later he says, one of the reasons I chose the ugly duckling was that at the end, it's not the duckling that changes. He's just growing up. He always was a beautiful swan. And it's the same thing in the sissy duckling. The world has to change, not Elmer. Elmer's just fine. The drakes of the world, the little straight ducks, they're not inventive or fun or brave. They just go along and do what everyone else does. It's the ducks like Elmer that changed the world. Elmer becomes the first duck to survive the winter without flying south. In so much of gay politics, there's a certain apology for who we are. We have to sort of fit in, and that's an absolutely heinous idea. Hello! <laughs> well, that was not what I expected. Really? Really? Perhaps I gave you a different book than no. I thought I did. Okay. <laughs> Tell me more. So do ducks live in forests? I haven't asked them. I. They need water, right? So if there's like a pond in a forest, then conceivably, yes. I've just never heard of ducks living in forests. Wild forest ducks? Like... Gonna get me some wild forest duck meat. Parks? I mean... Yeah. Kind of, I mean, since there's a pond, they'll find it wherever it is, so... I don't know. Maybe. So, so we made a bunch of ducks in a forest. Okay. Uh, like they and, do. And there's this guy, Elmer, 
who's not like the other ducks. Oh, all right. Um, Why? He, he likes to bake. And he likes to play make-believe. Okay. And he likes to build sandcastles. But here's the thing. What kid doesn't like to build sandcastles? Yeah, that's not... Right? I don't, yeah. That's sort of a universal... But I do like his swimming cap, which I think is super cute. It's Aww. pink and it's got little blue flowers. Anyway, nice. so Elmer is not like the other ducklings. Okay. Um, when other ducklings go to a football game, he puts on a puppet show. I'm, I'm with him on that one. Um, and I totally think that the, during his puppet show, this is some weird take on Ernie and Bert. <laughs> Maybe. It kind of looks like Punch and Judy. Kind of. But not as violent and uh, wife beating, I'd say. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm going to go with Bert and Ernie. Here. Oh, okay. Sure. Yeah, yeah. That's another way of looking at it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, so his dad insists that he needs to learn how to play with others. And so he should learn baseball. Which I'm like, really? Baseball? Hit people with a round ball. Go for not, it, kid. Not soccer? Like, yeah, that's soccer more of a is team a very sport. much sport. It is, yeah, I would agree. I don't know. So Elmer's yeah, you like, could be on a team for baseball, sure. He's like, man, what's the point? I can't catch and I can't throw. And then I just think of that quote from Bull Durham where it's like, you throw the ball, you catch the ball, you hit the ball. <laughs> and so I turned the page and it, he said, you don't have to catch or throw, you just hit the ball. So I'm like, what game of baseball are you playing? Yeah, I was unaware <laughs> that there was only one thing out of the possible three you had to do. So in a matter of 10 seconds, he managed to get his son on a team, got him up to bat okay. with no previous experience. Yeah, you didn't you didn't practice this beforehand, Pops? Nope, nope didn't prep him at all. Just expects him to be able to hit a baseball. He with... has in, inherent born genius right as all parents think their children do right well he yes. gets three strikes and the umpire says you're out and he's like oh sweet all right all right i am out of here well that night as he's getting ready for bed he can hear his dad yelling in another room that people call his son sissy and so when his mom comes to tuck him into bed he says well what does sissy mean and so she kind of has to explain that it just means you're special um, and that you're not like other people. And I'm looking at his bedroom wall, and I'm like, who are these two people? There are people, cutouts of people on his wall. Is one of them like Annie Oakley? That's definitely Annie Oakley. The other one is like, it's like a fashion cutout. That's Barbie. Really? Yeah, that's early Barbie. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Very nice. All right. Fine taste in vintage Barbies. <laughs> I'm not sure why Annie Oakley, but she's awesome. So go for it. Yeah. So he goes to school where the school bully named Drake Duckling, uh, you know, he's like, no sissies are allowed in my school. And he's like, you're just angry because I'm special. And the teacher can hear all this back and forth going on and puts them all in detention, thinking that uh, that's somehow going to help them all get along. Excellent teaching skills. Yeah, Mrs. Yeah. Hennypecker. Just, just, uh, uh, just punish the whole lot of them. Yeah. Let's not think about who did who, did what to whom. Right, know. yeah. No, she just puts them all uh, in detention, thinking that then they're all going to get along. Sure. 
Doesn't that's, happen that's that way. That's never not worked. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, no, turns out uh, Elmer is uh, getting uh, bullied, obviously. And after school, he's trying to walk home and the bully comes out and he's chasing him. And he chases him, you know, until he gets all the way home. And Elmer, he runs into his room and he runs under the bed and he's scared and he's, you know, he's afraid for his life. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this poor thing. That's not good. Meanwhile, his father is in the other room screaming that his son is a sissy. And well, his mother, you know, says, Elmer is your son. And he said, he's no son of mine. Whoa. So he's disowned. That went up to 180 yeah. like real fast Now there. he's wow. disowned his son and his son is... Within earshot. Oh, yeah. His son no, is... No, perfectly well. His son is probably hear every single word he's saying. Right. This is heartbreaking to hear this dad's comments. And I, at this point, I was like, okay, I feel like this, the author might be coming from a place that he knows all too well. Because yeah. this might just be like an like an autobiographical... That's what it sure sounds like. It's, <laughs> and like... it's just ducks. Sure. And... Yeah. Elmer. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! But at this point, I'm like, oh yeah. Well, it only gets worse, people. Oh great! <laughs> this is a long ride. That's the thing with celebrity writers; they they write lots of words. Oh yes, it's, it's very a lot wordy. of words. Very in this. wordy. Yeah, very wordy. So uh, Elmer packs up his pillowcase with his belongings, and he runs away from home. He swims to the other side of the pond, finds oh. a tree. Very pretty, pretty piece of art there. Well done, Henry Cole. Congrats. Yeah, with the the tree in the middle of the forest mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah so he goes into this tree and he he somehow becomes a carpenter um a chef a he's with done, a fourth grade education yeah, yeah he, he, he's just... he passed all of boy scouts and now can fend for himself but no, one, right. one thing no. i forgot to mention is back with the uh father's comments is that Elmer asks himself, what do you do when your own papa calls you names? And I thought that was a really good question. That's a legit question. What do you do when your own your own parent, parent insults you and in this situation disowns you? Yeah. I mean, the mother... Bullies you worse than... Yeah. Than the school bully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The the mother probably is standing up. And but... he, yeah, but he probably doesn't tell, teach, treat his wife that well either. I mean, if he's treating his son this way. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so he's, right, so he's learned carpentry, he's made a fire, he's made his own bed, he's somehow got all this food. Um, <laughs> That's uh, strange. I've never seen a kid run away from home so successfully. Yeah, this is how to run away from home. So the first frost of winter is coming, and he can see his parents on the other side of the pond. Uh, you know, they have to fly away because, you know, because of migration and everything. Right, right. Um, he can see his mother crying because, you know, she doesn't want to leave without knowing if Elmer's okay. And the father's like, we gotta go. All So the flock of birds goes up into the air when now there's gunshots. Whoa! I mean, okay. That took a dark turn. Okay, first Elmer doesn't have friends. Then he's, <laughs> then he's bullied. Then his dad disowns him. Then he runs away, and now his flock is getting shot at. I'm really hoping for a feel-good moment any second now yeah. because I haven't gotten it. <laughs> wow. And then his mom's turned into a pie. Yeah. Stop! I mean, that's what it looks like the next step would be. Well, it's not, thankfully. Oh, okay. Uh, it's the dad that gets shot. Whoa, does he die? No, he doesn't. He could have. He, he 
could. He should have. Leave him there. <laughs> but, leave him there, man. Let, yeah. the, let the hounds pick him up. Well, and that's what the dad's saying. He's like, do yourself a favor and leave me, you know, and, and fend for yourself. Well, no, Elmer is too good. He's just too good. You don't deserve your son. Right. He, The son picks up his father, drags him all the way to the tree, made him a home, and uh, and when the father comes to, you know, he's been given soup, and uh, you know, he's like, you know, you 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 need to go. And, and this is my favorite illustration. It's of Elmer showing his father that there's clearly <laughs> snow on the ground, but the look on his face is like, uh, <laughs> dude, no, yeah, I'm not putting up with whatever it is you're you're handing out anymore. Does the dad look a little bit like Richard Nixon? Is it just me? <laughs> Something about the nose and the eyebrows, the, eyebrows. And the slope of the forehead. Something about him has very Nixonish qualities. Yeah. <laughs> well, so now you know they've got all winter uh, to survive to which, bond. Right. Well, apparently no one survives a winter in the woods. So, but they are going to do it, and they do it by playing games. They're quarantining. That's what they're doing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're all, laughing. This looks and, very familiar and to me. Painting, but while they're having all these fun and games, can we please think about poor mom because she yeah. she thinks that she lost her son and her husband. You're right. And now she's like, <laughs> who could blame her if she like hooked up with some you know hot duck in the some tropics? Cabana boy. Cabana boy. Yeah, I was thanking <laughs> down you. in Florida. How did you know Cabana Boy was the exact term I was trying to think of, and I just couldn't come up with it? Well done, madam. No, she has to wait like six months to find out if uh, her husband's alive, if her son is still alive somewhere. Yeah. But no, father and son are, are bonding, and and then the- They have a star- sourdough starter. The Drake Duckling, the one that was the bully, it says he's now the elected leader of the flock that's just returned. That story checks out. Yep. Mm-hmm. There's no way he was elected. He was the newly forced leader uh, because there's no way anyone would have elected. I don't know, man. We just got out from under a president who looks a lot like this guy in some ways. So I am perfectly willing to believe this is a stupid flock. <laughs> okay. Stupid flock. So uh, he comes back and... Uh, so much text on this page. I'm just bowled over by just the sheer amount of words. This is the longest picture book I've ever seen. I don't know. You've given me longer, I think. Uh, yeah, but they were old, old. This is it's relatively recent. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's a lot. Anyway, say. so he's like, he's saying, you know, let's not forget the ones that were shot by the hunters. And Elmer's mom is like, and don't forget about my son. And he's like, oh, yeah, that little sissy. Uh, oh, my gosh. Woman, kill him. At which point, actually, his dad pops out of the forest and says, if Elmer's a sissy, then I wish I were a sissy, too. And I'm like, that's not the most positive um, thing you could say. Maybe rephrase. What about, or just, or I, I guess I'm a sissy, too. Wouldn't that be the logical if Homer's a sissy, then I must be one too. Or no, something he like just that. wishes but, he were one too. But clearly, I'm not. So he, even now, he has to establish his own masculinity, right, in the face of this jerk yeah. in charge of the flock. But at yeah. least mom now gets to see that her husband and her son are both alive. So I'm, I'm, gl- right, I'm good. happy for her. That's good, right? Yeah. Um, mom has like this permanent apron like she flew all the way to the south and then she flew back wearing an apron well it's how we can identify the only way her. we can identify her yeah yeah 
he's welcomed to the flock by everyone who can see that he not only survived living in the forest over the winter, but he also helped his father survive as well. And Drake Duckling, um, you know, sheepishly says, way to go, Elmer. And he offers his wing for a high five. Elmer doesn't take the high five, okay. which is good. Yeah. Very glad. Very good. Um, and he says, you know, I just want everyone to know I'm a sissy and I'm proud of it. And uh, <laughs> and again, Drake, uh, you know, offers his wing to say, you haven't changed, but maybe I have. Which I'm like, mm, what? How so? <laughs> explain more. Uh, nope, doesn't explain. Oh, uh, he you just... had a change of heart for literally no reason whatsoever, except that this duckling is not dead. Well, no, it's just that this duckling is now popular. And so oh, he yeah, wants yeah, to get yeah, in yeah, with yeah. the popular he, yeah, he kid. Does, yeah. And so he offers his wing to high a five. A true politician. And I really wanted Elmer to smack his wing away and say, hell no. Yes. <laughs> you made me fear for my life. You made school yeah. hell. Yeah. You, tore, you turned everyone against me. Why should I forgive you? But no, he doesn't. Because Elmer, again, is too good for this world. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And eventually he does find other ducks that are like him. But he always remains special. The end. Whew, I've been through a lot. It's been years. Who are you? How old am I? Why is your cat just bones on the floor? That was a whole bunch of stuff. Yes. Okay, so as I may have mentioned before, I don't know if I did, uh, this was a film first. So in 1999, this is a film uh, made by Harvey Fierstein. Am I saying that right? Fierstein? Fierstein? Thank you. Harvey Fierstein. And so this is a rare case, because usually when celebrities write picture books, they don't actually have anything to base it off of. But he actually had a film already that he had written, I believe, and then he just wrote the book from that. So he had sort of something there. Now, the cast of the film is rather a bit of a delight. Remember, this is 1999, so get a load of this cast. You've got your Ed Asner, Andy Dick, Melissa Etheridge. What? Harvey Fierstein, this is my favorite. Estelle Getty, which is that that's from my days of enjoying MST3K. She was an actress that they would reference a fair amount. Kathy Jimmy, of course. Stephen Root and Sharon Stone. Interesting. Sharon Stone was the narrator, apparently. Uh, Melissa Etheridge, the mom. Because when I look at that mom, the first thing I think of is <laughs> Melissa Etheridge. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yep. So, and, you know, Henry Cole, who did the illustrations, uh, he's a great artist. He's done many serious works since then. Uh, he doesn't do that many celebrities these days, but he must have been young and hungry when, when they got him for this one. And, and, and so he did it. Ratings time. So embracing and reclaiming the word sissy isn't a new thing. Many communities have reclaimed words that were once meant to demean or insult. It's just this book is heartbreaking and sad for about 80% and then the last 10% are frustrating and then happy. Um, I could definitely see this being a book used to teach against bullying uh, and to embrace the differences in people, but the message that comes through the loudest is forgiveness, and that seems like it's something older. You don't see that? No, I agree. I think, yeah, it, but it puts the 
impetus of the forgiveness on the person being bullied. Yeah, which is something that I think is something a little older than like a five or six year old might be able to grasp. Well, even then. I I mean, mean, that takes a lot of maturity. And I don't know if kids can understand that. Well, and there's forgiveness and there's being taken for a fool. I mean, what's the stop? the bully from just turning around and stabbing him in the back like two pages later after this last page of the book. I mean... I don't know. If he saw that this duck can survive an entire winter yeah, where no other duck could, maybe he doesn't want to but try and engage him. Like, he's only doing this in front of other ducks. Exactly. There's no other ducks around. I don't trust this guy as far as I can throw him. Well, still, I, I it's a good message. Sure. So, And I don't hate the drawings, so I gave it a 6.5. So this particular book, I mean, it's it's very long. It's it's very, very long. You've given me longer. I've given you longer, but they were usually older books. So this book, for a contemporary book to be coming out in this day and age, he just wasn't edited down because he's a celebrity and he can do whatever he wants. And it seems like he actually wrote it himself. So points for that, because a lot of the time the celebrities just get some ghostwriter to come in and then the person's not even credited on the book anywhere. I'm looking at you, George Foreman. Um... That came out of nowhere. Yep. So the word sissy. <laughs> so this is a word that Harvey Fierston would have been told he was a sissy when he was a child. Right. So then we go, and this book was made in 1999. Was the word sissy used much then? Because honestly, in this modern day and age, the most places that kids hear the term sissy is in anti-bullying picture books and TV shows where it is used as to show people it's a bad thing, but that's where they learn the word. Now, I'm not saying there isn't somewhere in America where kids are calling other kids sissies. It is entirely possible that that term is still being used in some places. In those places, sure, by all means, you know, read this book. But generally speaking, I mean, what this reminded me of was William's Doll. I feel like it was a mildly important book when it came out. Um, I do feel like since it came out, we have had just so many better books but obviously we're not looking at all the books we are looking at this book right here henry cole's a great illustrator he manages to get some actual artistic images in there in the midst of the cartooniness he can do very cartoony he can also do very realistic he sort of finds a middle ground in some of these images Generally speaking, though, I'm not a fan of the message. Uh, I'm not a fan of, like, and, you know, it's funny because Harvey Fierstein's, you know, in his interviews about this book, well, at one point he said in the interview, uh, what is different about Elmer is that he's a happy kid. He's having a great old time. I was a happy kid, you know, but I wanted to play with dolls, and my parents let me. That's not why I'm gay, but it may be why I'm a more well-adjusted gay man, because my parents said that's who he is. That's great. I'm not getting that from this book as much. I'm What I'm getting is you're bullied, you're beaten down, and then when you're the person who's you know beating you down shows a little remorse. I can see him forgetting his forgiving his father because there was time there. Right. But with the bully, there's no time. There's just this like split second like, well, ah, now I think you're great. And that always really bugs me in picture books. That doesn't necessarily mean he's forgiven his bully. He might have just done the high five to be like, okay, moving on. Yeah. Because he did, he did it twice just to be like, okay, high five, let's move on. I guess so. But in general, I, I just can't go above a three. I'm not a fan what? of this book. I don't like this book. Jeez not particularly. Louise. No. Well, then with our scores combined, it is just barely 
under a five, which means it is just barely not a classic. A toe under the a line. A toe classic. under the line All classic. All right. We haven't had one of those in almost ever. Yeah. Now it's been a while. Rarity. It's been a rarity. It's been a while. All right. We've got two letters for letters time. Ooh. First up, Jen P, who says, let me just start with, bah <laughs> it's actually how it's written with the B-A-H-A-H-A-H-A. Okay. I knew Kate would take issue with Mr. Gumpy, and that was hilarious. <laughs> I'm more an avocado baby fan, but it has even less plot, which she doesn't seem to like that much. I love his odd and funky illustrations and might have a copy of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang somewhere. As for Goble, who did uh, The Girl Who Loved Wild Horses, that's one of my least favorite books of his that I've found. I like the ones that are like poems, ones about finding stones, and I like his illustrations. I had no idea that he was a white British dude. I should have looked that one up, but thanks for the facts. Maybe he's one of those authors that needs to be pulled from production. At that time, Indian was pretty accepted, and some tribes still use it as part of their names. No idea if they want to change and can't, etc. But it seems like that could have been updated over the years. So much to unpack with his work. All right, so thank you, Jen. And then we get to Heather. Now, this is this is this one really goes back to our earlier episodes here. What, Kate? Yes, you, you let me down. What? what you up? gave Rainbow Fish the same ranking as Corduroy? A book with a great story and much better art, Rainbow Fish? A book about that basically says, give away parts of yourself to be accepted by the crowd. Gotta say, I'm a little saddened by this. Please consider, should I share my ice cream or the cookie fiasco by Mo Willems? Technically, darling, the cookie fiasco is by Dan Santat, but Mo Willems did produce it, but that's okay. If you would like an older book, how about It's Mine by Leo Liani or Lama Lama Learns to Share? There's a lot of other books out there that deserve a 6.5. Just saying. Okay, it was the fifth kid's book I had ever read, okay? Uh, yeah, it was early. It in was our, our fifth our episode. Saying. It's not like I was a connoisseur of kids' books. I didn't have a lot to go off of. It All was... right, see? We will have to revisit some of these. And stuff. I'm telling you, we should do a recap of it. Like, you just ask me, like, hey, what's this book about? And I'll be like, um, there was a guy. Can I tell you? I was thinking of maybe for one of our episodes, maybe like one of our big ones, uh, doing a quiz with oh. you oh. on what we've done. Oh, man. Background information, things that were actually in the book, or maybe just plot elements. Plot elements. Well, we do have episode 200 coming up. I think I know what I'm going to do for it. Do I have to study? No! Okay. It'll be better if you don't. (laughs) Excellent. Grown-up things we like. So I don't think I've brought up uh, Bailey Sarian before, have I? You most certainly have not. Bailey Sarian is someone that I came across on Facebook. Um, You know, like when you're scrolling through and then they have those random videos that pop up. Well, I got hooked on one and then I found out she has a YouTube channel. So she does uh, Murder Mystery and Makeup Mondays. What she does, she's a makeup artist. So she will tell a story like about a serial killer or about um, like, you know, some big case while she's doing her makeup. And she'll do these like, you know, fantastical, like, you know, different looks on her, which 
is it, she becoming the murder victim? No, no, no. Oh, thank God. No, no, no like, no. and then he gouged out the eye. So do this on here. She's she's very funny. Um, she provides like a list of all the products that she uses in the description of her YouTube videos every episode. But I just like um her the way that she tells you know the the story of you know whoever it is that she's covering. She's funny. She's sarcastic. Um, and she's incredibly good at what she does. So while you're in- listening to this interesting story, you're also getting to watch her like transform her face, which is I, as someone who never wears makeup, I'm just kind of in awe of like, whoa, you look so different. Oh, and that person did what now? And now they're missing. And now there's body parts. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> It's uh, it's I love it. So yeah, definitely check her out. Her name is Bailey Sarian S A R I A N on either Facebook or YouTube for murder mystery and makeup Mondays. That's super fun. Yeah, very nice. Mine's super fun too. I am watching a new show on Hulu called Staged, and it stars Michael Sheen and David Tennant, uh, last seen together in Good Omens, and it is a pandemic. Uh, TV show where the two of them are stuck at home. They're playing themselves. Their wives are playing their wives. And I believe uh, David Tennant's literally six children are playing themselves as well. They don't appear as much, but you hear their wailing from other rooms quite (laughs) often. Uh, They are stuck at home. They communicate with one another fairly often uh, via Zoom. And they were going to be in the play Six Characters in Search of an Author. Um, you know, then the pandemic hit, but the director wants to continue to rehearse via Zoom, um, which David Tennant is all for because he's going a little stark crazy. See previous statement about how many children are in his home. Whereas Michael Sheen, who doesn't have any children, is very skeptical about this. There are great cameos from from other famous actors um, that, that, that pop up randomly at certain times. They're funny, but the best parts are definitely when just the two of them are just talking just just about ridiculous stuff like the welsh language or (laughs) uh different performances they've been in or sheen's hamlet and it is just delightful it is the most bingeable thing i have seen in a very long time they just you just like popcorn you can just swallow these episodes one after another on hulu it is on hulu it is called staged highly recommend it okay well, I think with my wedding around the corner, I need to see a wedding kids book. Okay, I can try to find one. I actually did have some good thoughts. I thought I thought of one in particular that I was not read as a child, but that I have since learned is considered classic by many. Okay. So, and I think it'll make for a very good discussion because it's a little... <laughs> oh dear yay <laughs> oh, so boy. until so we it's like me that. i'm going yeah as well, no, you'll so. be able to relate in fact you might be able to get a couple tips from oh this book. dear hooray but until then i've been betsy i'm kate bye fuse 8 and kate is a fuse number eight production you can reach us at fusekate8 at gmail.com you can follow our podcast on twitter at fuse underscore kate you can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number 8, Kate. Listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Player FM. Or follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our duckling is Drew Atienza. Fuse8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Bird.